Hi guys, this week we are going to talk about why it's been a shitty week or two or three for Disney, for the Disney CEO, for Disney as a company, for just the world basically of Disney. And we're also talking about some of the greatest content ever, as far as I'm concerned, that's come across our airwaves in the last week or so. And I want to get into that and more in the most up-to-date pop culture podcast ever made. And that's me, Brooke Hammerling, and I am introducing the first ever actual official podcast for my newsletter, Pop Culture Mondays, and we are Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, the podcast. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Guys, so... Welcome, welcome. I can't believe this is actually the day. I'm sitting here looking at my amazing producer, David, and wow, we have been working on this pod in good sort of faith for well over a year. I have been wanting to do this like since the early days of COVID and just never really got it off the ground for a variety of reasons, mainly because I was scared. But here we are. I had to rip off the Band-Aid. No better time to do it than March 2022, two years after I initially planned on doing it. And you guys, this is the first one, uh, at least the first one that's going to be published. I've been practicing a lot and playing around with different formats. And uh, I sort of had it in my head that it was always going to be me and someone else just shooting the shit, talking about what happened in the newsletter this week, as well as what's happened since the newsletter has come out. But as I started playing around with it and also recognizing people's schedules are crazy, I wanted to see if I could do this just me initially and eventually be able to be in a place where we have some really fun guests, um, maybe pop culture icons, maybe just my friends, maybe some some of them might be both. And, uh, and those will be fun too. But in the meantime, it's just little old me. And one of the things that if you haven't read my newsletter, I encourage you to do so, they'll be in our show notes. So you can see the link to the most recent newsletter. But one of the things that my friends and people alike who don't know me, but both read the newsletter. So the strangers that read the newsletter and my friends that read the newsletter is, I hear the same thing and they say, it's like you're reading it to us. I can hear your voice. And even if they don't know my voice, they know sort of what my voice might be like because of how I write the newsletter. And that to me is awesome. That's like the highest praise. And I do write like I talk. It's maybe my only skill that and being able to have a ridiculous amount of knowledge around irrelevant things like pop culture and like trends and so forth on TikTok. So let's get into it. And I am coming to you with a dog, my dog named Potato, who is by my feet snoring. So if you hear any weird sounds and David, my producer, I apologize, but you don't have to edit them out. His snoring is just going to have to be a factor of life at this point. And for those of you who don't know who Potato is, we'll also include his Instagram in the show notes because he's he's basically a micro influencer and a pop culture icon in his own right. So guys, dun da 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 
This is a look at what has happened in the last week. So my last edition was on Monday, which was March 21st, and it was the I Don't Even Know Anymore edition. And for those of you who've been following the newsletter, I always... Uh, most of the time, I think 98% of the time, include a picture of Baby Yoda in the front of the newsletter, the top of the newsletter. And that's because Baby Yoda is the inspiration for PCM, which is the nickname for Pop Culture Mondays. And it came about because right at the time that The Mandalorian had started and Baby Yoda, aka The Child, became sort of a pop culture sensation was right around the same time that my friends, all very incredible, accomplished women, mothers, wives, girlfriends, partners, busy, busy women were all asking me what the fuck is going on with this Yoda? Who is baby Yoda? And I swear I must have been asked that by 20 different people over the course of 10 days. And I found myself texting the same text to multiple people. And I finally was like, this is a waste of my time. Also, I'm bored of myself. So I sent a note to those women and said, would you guys want a roundup of pop culture news every week in an email so you guys can stay on top of the trends and moments that are happening across social channels so you can sort of stay on top of what your kids are talking about? And everyone was like, yes, yes, yes. And I remember I was sitting in my apartment in New York at the time and I was like, what did I just sign up for? Oh my God. And I initially first started writing an email, like an Outlook, and uh, it was very uninspired. It was basically just links. And I'm a visual person. Again, if you follow me or read my newsletter, I am very open about my dyslexia. I was diagnosed with dyslexia later in life um, in college. So I find visual mediums much more beneficial and easier for me to get my point across. And thankful for the medium team that allow me a really beautiful format to write and share and post and whatnot. So that's the genesis of Pop Culture Mondays. And today we are using a Baby Yoda photo or this week we used a Baby Yoda photo that was not not a happy one. Um, a lot of the times they're happy. A lot of the times I try to find a Baby Yoda picture that sort of represents the theme of the week or story or whatnot. And this picture was of a, I say a little boy, but he could be a little girl, a child, clearly escaping Ukraine with his uh, overwhelmed mom who is loaded down with lots of things in her backpack and a baby sister in a stroller and the child is is wearing their winter coat and their I think it's a New York hat and carrying a baby Yoda doll, one of those big baby Yoda dolls, not even a plushie, but the ones that came out from Disney. And it it's heartbreaking and it sort of shows how intertwined pop culture is to today's world and news. Uh, pop culture is not just what you find on the Daily Mail or TMZ or TikTok. It's it's sort of happening and living and breathing in the world. Sometimes it's it's really funny, silly celebrity news. Um, sometimes it's really heavy, horrible news. And like what's happening in Ukraine, there are pop cultural moments to be seen, whether it's Zelensky, the president, becoming a pop culture icon, hero, sex symbol, zaddy of the 21st century, which is 
bananas or it's the children that are are being forced to flee the their homes and say goodbye to their dads and are sitting there holding the dolls that you got your children the other day and that you have sitting in your kids bedroom so it's it's a really powerful image and um, we've used some other powerful images before in in the newsletters and uh, I encourage you guys to go through and check it out again it's pop culture Mondays it's on medium it's medium.com slash wait that slash pop culture Mondays so it's got its own its own URL it's really awesome so Moving on to other things, I am not a journalist. I am not a writer professionally of any kind. I do not cover media news. I am actually in the communications business. I represent a lot of really cool emerging technology companies and a lot of really cool large technology and media companies, but I don't write about anything for a living. I do this for fun, but I could not write this week's newsletter and not talk about what's happening at Disney. And there have been things that have been happening over the last few weeks, but it all sort of came to a head this past week because there was just so many, so many different things. So first and foremost, Disney has, I think that the, the big, big issue has been the fact that Disney is the largest employer in the state of Florida, which is, you know, that's a big thing. The state of Florida in the news for the don't say gay bill, just one of the wonderful things that Florida has yet again contributed to society. I say that with all of the fucking sarcasm. And Disney got a lot of heat because not only did they not come out against it, they didn't say anything, but they actually were found to have supported many of the or all of the politicians behind the do not say gay bill. And a huge amount of Disney employees obviously are opposed to this bill and opposed to their company not saying anything and in fact being you know tied to it if you will so disney employees actually come out on social media many of them and pixar employees saying that they actually had presented gay characters or gay storylines or characters and storylines for the lgbtq communities that were then straightened out by Disney or not pushed forward at all. So this was in response to Disney saying that they are helping with the LGBTQ message by the content that they put out. And so the guys and girls who work for them and people who work for them were like, uh, no, let's be clear. That's not true. And lots of evidence there. So that was that's a big, a big uh, X by Disney. Another thing that happened inexplicably, this we will also put in our show notes, but it's also in the newsletter, is that Disney, I guess it was the Magic Kingdom in Orlando. They have these, you know, they will always have dance troops and whatnot in different high school marching bands and so forth. And they have to send in audition tapes and they get selected. So a school in Texas with a dance troupe called the Indianettes, which might have been a freaking red flag to begin with, did a dance with it looks to me, it looks like they have like 2000 dancers. I, th- I might be 100. It might be 50. I don't know. It looks like a lot. I, I never was a dance troupe kind of girl. So it's really foreign to me. But they're wearing outfits that are also problematic that just by the name and you see them in their outfits, you're sort of like, oh, God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And what happened is I'm sure lovely and talented young women 
are dancing with using like very traditional sort of old tropes of Indian moves with the lyrics of scalpum Indian scalpum. And they saw no, they saw nothing wrong with this. They saw no irony. Everybody in the audience seems either very into it or very confused by it. And so this came out, Disney had to issue an apology in talking about that, which they said that the audition tape was very different than what they had approved in terms of what they presented. But then again, social media came out and said, no, 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 they've actually performed this before. It was all very well known and that this was just an excuse Disney did. So that was another social media disaster for for Disney. And then you have West Side Story, which was a movie I would imagine a lot of you haven't seen. It was not a big box office success, even though it's Spielberg and a classic West Side Story. But the beautiful, talented actress star Rachel Zegler created a whole controversy last week because she was asked on Instagram what she would be wearing to the Oscars in response to what she was wearing. I guess she was at the BAFTAs. And she, again, was not nominated for an Oscar, but the film itself was nominated. I think they have seven nominations. So one would imagine the stars, certainly the young, talented stars of a Disney film, would be asked to attend the Oscars on their behalf to show a little, you know, support, loyalty for the for all of the hard work, especially, you know, to have that movie come out in the midst of COVID. It's a it's a thing. Bring everybody together. She responded on the Instagram that she would not be going to the Oscars because she wasn't invited. She was actually going to be hanging out at her boyfriend's in her sweatpants or somewhere wearing sweatpants and her boyfriend's flannel. Well, this set off a shit show and like hell hath no fury than Gen Z TikTokers scorned and Instagrammers and the social media went nuts despite the fact that she's apparently in the UK filming and so maybe that played into a reason why she wasn't invited and who knows what the backstory is. It was just not a good day for Disney on that front but we have breaking news guys and that is this week. It might not be breaking by the time this pod comes out but it was breaking today that that she has actually now been invited to be a presenter, which is huge. And that's a much bigger thing than just attending. She is presenting at the Oscars. So that is the Academy's decision. I don't know how much Disney would have to say about that. I'm sure Disney is not thrilled with all the kerfuffle around it, but it was a JV move on their end and social media scandal for the win. I guess they the social media outrage sparked a win on this one. So big, big news there. And then lastly, on the Disney front, which is like just for you media wonks and tech people, there was a breaking story over the last weekend, which talked about the current CEO, whose name is Bob, and the previous CEO, whose name is Bob. And I mean, what about Bob at the end of the day? Bob is a really good name, guys. It was my dad's name, Bob, Bobby, Robert, when somebody's mad at you. So of course, both CEOs named Bob. Bob Iger is beloved by many. There is not one person I've ever met who has ever met Bob Iger that doesn't have something amazing to say. He just is that guy. He's got that sort of je ne sais quoi. The new Bob doesn't have, isn't it likable? That's all. He's just not a likable guy, which somebody said to me 
earlier today. It's not his fault. He's still a really capable CEO, perhaps, but he's just not likable. They had a bit of a falling out because Bob Iger, who is retiring and handing over the baton to new Bob, had decided to to stick around a little bit longer to help new Bob because of COVID. And new Bob was apparently enraged by that. Anyway, it's an amazing article. It was uh, the scoop was Alex Sherman of CNBC. And that will also be, uh, we'll try to put that in the show notes. It's certainly going to be in the newsletter if you are really into that. So one of the things that I've done in the newsletter is I include a lot of TikToks that showcase the things I'm talking about. And I also show trends and viral moments. So it's really, you just need a headphones and call it a day. Okay, guys, we are going to just a little formatting. I'm going to go through the next sort of fun thing that we talk about in the newsletter, and then we're going to break for a commercial, and then we're going to come back and just do a few more fun things that have happened since. So, okay, so the next thing I wrote about, which was a little bit different than I my normal weeks, but I did a roundup of all the things that I watched over the weekend because I clearly don't have a life and I sat around all weekend and watched and watched and watched and watched and watched and watched, and watched TV. So first and foremost, this is not new. It's been out for a few weeks now, but uh, HBO's winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty is maybe quite possibly the thing I'm enjoying the most right now. The only thing I, I don't enjoy about it is that I can't binge it all. I just don't have the patience that other people maybe have. It is so so good. There is a backstory too, because the creator of this show used to be best friends and the creative partner of with Will Ferrell. And then inexplicably, he came out publicly talking about that he and Will Ferrell broke up because of this show, because apparently Will wanted to be involved or was hoping to be cast as the lead, but is one of his best friends and partner in crime in many movies, John C. Riley was given the lead. And if you watch the show, it's hard to imagine anybody else in this role. I mean, he fucking totally takes on and the persona of what I imagine Jerry Buss to have been like the owner of the Lakers back in the, in the beginning of, of Jerry Buss's sort of ownership of the Lakers where he brought Magic Johnson on and you have all of this sort of amazing things happening in the late 70s. Apparently, I think he didn't call Will Ferrell inexplicably. He gave it to John C. Riley. didn't call Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell was pissed. I get it. But if you haven't watched the show, you have to watch the show. It's so clever. It's so well done. It addresses race. It addresses, obviously, all of the sex that was happening. It obviously is going to get into the HIV uh, diagnosis that Magic had and all of that stuff. So a must watch. Then... Here's an unexpected thing. I've talked about this in my newsletter. I'm so sick and tired of the genre of taking the tech company stories and putting them into, you know, series. And maybe it's because it's so personal to me. I know these people. I just, I feel weird having like nonfiction and fiction blended with real people. Like the audience doesn't know what's real, what's not. So they're just going to think that, this person who's the founder and CEO of Uber said something that he might not have said, or the CEO of Facebook said something that he might not have said. So here we are again with a creative license around the rise and fall of WeWork. 
And I did not think I was going to like it, mainly because I really, really didn't like WeWork. I did not like the couple behind WeWork. I had met them maybe once or twice, but immediately just I did not like them. I remember when Rebecca Newman, the wife of Adam Newman, said that thing that got a huge amount of controversy where it's it's a woman's job to stand behind the man and help them manifest their dreams. And I fucking lost my mind on Twitter. I just don't like them. And I also was like, Jared Leto, Anne Hathaway, like, how are they going to do it? Well, guys, I don't even know what to say. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. It really is. Like, I actually am so in awe of the characters. Uh, Anne Hathaway is a runaway success with this. I, I think they become Adam and Rebecca more than Adam and Rebecca. But you understand the layers. There's such character development. It's incredible. It's so beautifully done. The sets are beautiful. The costumes are beautiful. The story is beautiful. And I, I mean, I'd love to hear from my friends in Israel uh, about Jared's accent, but considering I think he'd just come off the heels of House of Gucci, which was, you know, a lot of people criticized, but he was the only one who had like the perfect accent in that movie. And I think he's done an incredible job here. So watch We Crash. It's on Apple TV. And then another show that's crazy that I definitely recommend is Bad Vegan. Another person I encountered back when I lived in New York, literally she was so beautiful. This woman who, Sarma, who is the partner of the chef and they had this vegan restaurant in New York that was very popular called Pure Food and Wine. And then she and the hot, and he was so hot, oh my God, this chef, they had some falling out. I don't know, but Sarma was beautiful and it was the hot spot. And I would go there reluctantly because there's nothing I like more than a New York strip and some like French fries, which you're not going to get at Pure Food and Wine. But the story went bananas. That is that she sort of went on the lamb. She got connected to some guy, some who's like a con artist. And anyway, it's a documentary. It's on Netflix. I don't believe a lot of it. She seems like she's not really being forthcoming with all of the truths, but you have to watch it. It basically shows a woman who claims that a man promising her and her dog eternal life that she sort of bought into anything she could do to keep her dog alive. She also talks about her dalliances with Alec Baldwin. She was known to have dalliances with quite a few sort of famous men in New York, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes of it. So just to touch on, I highly recommend The Adam Project because Ryan Reynolds and the whole cast are amazing. I talk about it as if it was the combination of three movies, and that's because of all of the people in the cast. But 13 going on 30, Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo in that movie, they're in The Adam Project and as a couple. And then Deadpool, because of obviously Ryan Reynolds and a little bit of superhero stuff. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, because you also have cast from there and uh, there's a lot of references to it. So I just, I highly recommend The Adam Project. I love it. And then two one movies that I did not anticipate liking and I re- really did was Windfall on Netflix and Deepwater, where Ben Affleck brings his sexy back for for inexplicably. I did not know it was possible. So guys, I'm just rambling. So I'm going to wrap this up and cut to commercial, which is a really fun brand that I can't wait to tell you about. Hello, my darlings. 
By now, those of you who read my newsletter or follow me on socials or have known me personally for a long time know how much I love my rosé. In fact, I think my middle name could be rosé all day. But a girl cannot live on rosé alone. And so in between my rosé drinking, I am very grateful for 21 Seeds Tequila. 21 Seeds is such an amazing brand. It was founded by three awesome women who I know, and I love this brand so much that I actually personally invested myself. It is all natural, and it's actually infused with real fruit as opposed to being flavored, which is a really important distinction. It's beyond smooth, has just a hint of flavor, and doesn't make you make that awful tequila face that we all know. We know it, you drink it, you make it, your face scrunches up, you get wrinkles, you need Botox, it's a whole disaster. I also love 21 Seeds tequila with club soda, and I drink that out of a wine glass. I Do not joke. I also drink it plain in a wine glass with a lot of ice. And the best part of 21 Seeds tequila and soda, it's only half the calories of a glass of wine, which means that I can drink it and eat my cheese and not feel guilt. So I ask that you check out 21 Seeds. Go to their website, 21seeds.com, to find out where they are near you. They also are at BevMo and more and more local liquor stores. Drink responsibly. Have fun. Okay, guys, we are back and I hope you're drinking tequila. I am very much going to crack open a bottle of uh, cucumber jalapeno 21 seeds as soon as I'm done with this because I have been stressing out about getting this podcast out and bear with me. We are a work in progress, but it'll be fun. I promise you. One of the things that I wanted to highlight from last week was because there's so many other things, but I don't know if you guys happen to catch that Mike Tyson has launched a weed company and nothing makes more sense than that, really, as far as I'm concerned. But with that, he launched his first gummy or edible or whatever you call it, and it's called Mike Bites. And they are in the shape of an ear. They are in shape of an ear with a piece of the ear missing. So obviously this is in reference to Mike Tyson's probably most famous fight in the ring, I should say, um, from 1997 with Evander Holyfield. I remember where I was. Many of you probably weren't even alive, but I actually remember watching this fight with my father and one of his friends and watching what happened in real time unfold as Mike just sort of went mad dog and literally put his mouth around Holyfield's ear and was not letting go and then ripped a chunk out and like spit it out like freaking Braveheart style, man. It was fucking amazing. Um, Awful, terrible, you know, crazy. I don't even remember, did the fight continue? But I guess we can relive it now. And he, I wonder if, if Holyfield is getting a cut of this. It's, you know, remains to be seen on what happens. So the only thing that's really happened this since we've published, and that's something I want to do each podcast is sort of look at what has happened in between when we publish and when the pod's coming out. Those of you who read the newsletter will be familiar with Lance and Chelsea of TikTok and really maybe the jumping the shark of TikTok. There is a a whole ordeal. It happened a few weeks ago. They are a very confusing pair of creators. Chelsea is a woman who identifies as 
herself as queer, actually queer AF. AF stands for as fuck. Lance is an indigenous man who really made a name for himself from what I gather and sort of, you know, being very outspoken about the rights, nobly, really, of the rights of indigenous people, but started his TikToks generally with hello colonizers. It's now turned to beautiful people. And now basically they're both off of TikTok. I I don't really know. I can't track it anymore. But Chelsea was apparently obsessed with Lance. They were very good friends. And then Chelsea somehow got it in her head that they were a couple, which doesn't seem to have been Lance's understanding of it. Chelsea then took herself to meet Lance after having what she described as a exclusive romantic relationship, though they had not met in those six months. But she flew herself to Denver to meet him where they had unprotected sex. And the only reason I know this is because she then made a video about how he had basically, it was considered sexual assault because she found out after the fact that they were not indeed exclusive. He was dating other women and she took to TikTok to try to have him canceled, which backfired immensely because a variety of reasons. One, a guy not being faithful or whatnot is not really considered sexual assault, but to the proof that she was showing the community did not show anything other than a woman who seemed a little unclear of what their boundaries were with each other and certainly did not prove that they were in an exclusive relationship and seemed much more heavy handed from her than him. And she then did this very emotional TikTok and about how she could be pregnant and have she could potentially be pregnant and she could potentially have a sexually transmitted disease. And she was saying how much she was hurt. And she was talking in a way where she said something about her womb and then was trying to say Lance, but it came out like womb lands. And so people thought she was talking about deep in her womb lands, deep, deep in her womb lands. And that's become a sound. It's all over TikTok. They, she then ended up in the hospital, she claims, and was suicidal. And it's all very tragic. It really is. And it just shows this sort of next generation of TikTok of people trying to cancel each other and investigative TikTok. And it just got messy. It got ugly. All of TikTok is like, how did we end up here? We don't want to be here. But people kept generating more content around it. And this week, Chelsea has resurfaced in selling merchandise because obviously, and so she's now selling t-shirts that says like, I survived deep in my wound lands and all I got was this t-shirt or something along those lines, just putting herself right back in the conversation. The gentleman Lance is also back in the conversation and sort of shaming her and it's just gotten ugly and it makes you realize how beautiful certain moments of social media can be and then how awful and and here we are so that's all I really want to cover I do hope that some of the more positive things of social media will pop up next week but if not I will still be covering it because it'll still be relevant and then we're going to end on a thing that I've been thinking about and I can't wait to do it when we have a guest because it'll be a much more fun It's my own take on F, marry, kill, and we call it make out, marry, or murder. So, you know, I'm super creative, guys. So I was just going to do it myself to showcase where my brain is and go from there. And again, it has to be around sort of the pop culture people that are referenced this week. So 
Believe it or not, I mean, I would make out, obviously, anybody, any hot-blooded human, male, female, however you identify, would say make out with Jared Leto, right? But I am actually saying I would make out with him as Adam Newman, which I find so shocking because I find Adam Newman disgusting. Even with the prosthetic nose and the weird sort of taped face, I would make out with Jared Leto as Adam Newman, obviously. Mary... Ryan Reynolds uh, in the Adam Project, but like move over Blake Lively because Ryan Reynolds in anything, I would marry him. I mean, I just would like to be a part of that family, frankly. And then murder, 100% Chelsea and Lance. Sorry, I know that that's like toxic and mean of me, but I would murder them. So that's it. That's my story. That's my pod. You guys, thank you for coming away on this journey with me. It's been fun. I know I can talk and talk and babble. So we will figure out more of a rhyme and rhythm over the course of time. But I really thank you. Please tell everybody about it. Hopefully you can find the podcast easily. And if you guys have any questions, please find me on Instagram. I'm at Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E on Instagram. And I'm also at Brooke on Twitter. So send me a note, tweet at me, whatever you need, and I will hopefully be able to respond. And thank you, David, my amazing producer. And with that, I bid you adieu. Pop culture Monday.